and welcome. Thank you for being here. For those who are online or here in the room, God bless you. If you have your Westover app, please open it. We have our scripture and our notes there today. If you have a print Bible and you'd prefer following us with that, or open your Bible app to uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 10. We're in a series entitled, Refresh the Presence of the Holy Spirit. And this month we're talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to share with you, the Holy Spirit is not mystical or weird. Often believers understand and relate to the Father, our Father who art in heaven. They understand and relate very well to Jesus, but one person of the Trinity, they struggle understanding, and that is the Holy Spirit. And often the Holy Spirit to them is mystical. The Holy Spirit is not strange. The Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit will surprise you, but he won't scare you. The Holy Spirit is known for visitation, not violation. The Holy Spirit seeks to work in every one of our lives, and it's all right to test the Spirit. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, as it talks about that we should not ever suppress the work of the Holy Spirit. Do not, do not uh, quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophesying. And it goes on to say, prove all things. In other words, test all things. It's all right to test the things of the Spirit. Just don't be skeptical and out the things of the spirit and this weekend i want to begin a a series within a series we're talking about being refreshed by the holy spirit but for the next three weeks in this series i'm going to be talking about the empowerment of the holy spirit and god wants to empower every one of us with his presence the holy spirit god wants to work in our lives as christ followers God desires that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I, I think I could probably illustrate it a little bit this way if I can. Here uh, on the platform, I, I have a, a power cord, and we know that there is power in this cord. And I'm relating this to the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And often our life is like this. We're, we're walking through a season in our life and we're saying, God, I need to make a decision in my life. I don't know what to do. I need enlightenment in my life. And the Holy Spirit wants to be that light, that enlightenment. You're about to make a decision about a career. Perhaps you're about to make a change in your major. Perhaps you're, you're going through a season of change, a relocation. You're, you're, you're going to make a decision. You're going to sign a dotted line that may obligate you financially. You're saying, I need God's guidance. I need God's enlightenment in my life. And guess what? He has the power to bring that into our life. But then life changes, things change in our life, and we go through a season and say, well, God, you guided me in that, but God, I need you working right now. I need you on time right now in my life. Kind of like this, this clock here, you know. I just need you working in the, in the now moment. So we, we unplug and we plug in. The thing God's doing in my life right now, I need him working today. So we, we, have to, we have to move from the enlightenment stage to, God, I need you working in my life. And sometimes what we do, we say, well, I was going to a church and they were giving me notes and teachings and it was enlightening, but I need to plug into a different church. Guess what? Because I need God working in my life right now in the everyday experience. And then we go through a moment where we have to unplug from that as it were, and sometimes we say, well, I just need to go to another church because guess what? I need God charging my life. 
just like I'm charging my, my handheld device now. And we say, yes, there's times off. I just need to be recharged. I need energy. I need, I need motivation. I need the want to. I feel like I, I just don't have what it takes. I'm, I'm the single parent and I've got so much going on. Or I'm the busy parent during that season, which I'm a taxi service and there's not enough of me going around. And I, I feel the guilt of not being the super mom or super dad of life. And you feel like you're just running out of energy all the time. And what we do is we're always unplugging to another experience of life because that's what we're going through in the moment. Can I tell you? God wants to empower all of us. And I want to suggest to you the Holy Spirit is like a power strip. Instead of us always having to change churches or move from this or saying, you know what, I just feel like God's doing something new in my life and I got to change and I got I to gotta move from this to that. God is, the Holy Spirit is like the power strip. Guess what? The, guess what? Now, I don't know what I did wrong. Okay. Here it is. It works, doesn't it, huh? And then I'm doing something with my power strip. And then God can work in our life in every area. And guess what? Everything we need can work in our life. That he wants to bring in your life enlightenment. He wants to bring in your life empowerment. He wants to bring in your life in real time. Right now he wants to do something and speak to you. And we don't have to bounce around from place to place. We don't have to chase it here and chase it here and wonder what we're doing wrong. We don't have to look for this podcast and that podcast. The Holy Spirit brings all this into our life. And in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 11, here's what it says. Now, right before verse number 11, it says that God has, the Holy Spirit has gifts, he has workings, and he manifests himself in different ways. And all of these giftings and all of these workings and all these manifestations, it comes down to verse number 11. It says, and all of these are the work of the one and same spirit. Anytime you read the Bible and you see the word spirit and it's capitalized, it's the Holy Spirit. It's a noun. It's a person. So when you see the word spirit in your Bible and it's capitalized, you can put before that Holy Spirit. They all work for by the one and self-same Holy Spirit. And he, the Holy Spirit, distributes to each one just as he determines. He distributes. In other words, he's the power strip. He takes God's wisdom, God's strength, God's encouragement, God's life, God's guidance, God's wisdom, God's inner healing, and he distributes that to us just as he wants. In other words, just as we need in the moment. And some of us, we're needing to make an important decision. The Holy Spirit will bring enlightenment. Some of us, we feel like we don't have the energy to be all we need to be. You feel spent and drained in life. The Holy Spirit wants to give you God's energy, God's empowerment in your life. Some of us were saying, I'm going through something right now. I'm in the real-time moment. I need God working in my life at this very moment. The Holy Spirit will do that. That's all available through the Holy Spirit. And sometimes what we do is we chase around to different experiences and realizing God wants to empower for every one of us to live this effective and victorious Christian life. Let me put it to this way. All of God's best 
is available to all of God's people through the Holy Spirit. All of God's wisdom, power, strength, grace, understanding, patience, all of God's best is available to all of God's people through the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I want to take you to the Old Testament, the book of 1 Samuel, and we're going to look at the life of somebody some of us have heard about. His name is King Saul. And there's a, a setting in the life of King Saul that I think relates to every one of us and how God wants to empower us with the Holy Spirit and how the empowerment of the Holy Spirit works uniquely in our life in a special way. Now, in chapter 10 of 1 Samuel, Saul has already been anointed king. Please follow with me, Bibles, Bible students. He's already anointed king of Israel. So we pick up in verse number 5 and following, and this is Samuel speaking to King Saul. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high places with lyres, timbrels, pipes, harps, and being played before them, and they will be prophesying. Notice verse number six. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. What I need you to notice is there are levels of the Spirit. He had the Holy Spirit. He was anointed king. But in this setting, God says the Spirit is going to come powerfully upon you. In other words, it speaks you can have the Spirit, but God wants more of the Spirit working in your life. I don't deny you have God's Spirit in your life. You feel God's presence at times. God speaks to you and does special things in your life. But you're still plugging and unplugging and chasing around saying, I don't have what I need at the time. Here's what God is saying. His Spirit wants to come upon you powerfully. Let's continue reading verse number six. And you will prophesy with them. Notice this. I love this in verse number six. And you will be changed into a different person. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you powerfully, you will be changed into a different person. There's some of us saying, I can't do that. I just can't be that kind of person. I can't be that patient guy. I can't be that understanding. I can't relate to them. Some of you say, I can't relate to my kids. They're, pastor, they're wired different. I'm wired analytical, and, and I've got a son that he's just, he's not wired the way I, I cannot understand him, and there's conflict in the home. I, I just can't, I really can't relate to my spouse. I really can't relate to life. I can't understand this. I, I'm just not that kind of person. When the Spirit of God comes upon you powerfully, you will be changed into a different person. You can do and effectively function in the place God has assigned you today if you function in the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to unplug and find a new marriage. In your marriage now, God can distribute the grace you need to have the life and the home God wants you to have. Verse number 7. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hands find to do, for God is with you. What does that mean? Once, once your heart is changed, once the Spirit of God comes upon you, things you didn't, you weren't able to do before, you'll be able to do, and you'll be, you're going to be successful at it. 
that all of a sudden, just do what comes. Just be the parent. Just be the coworker. Be the businessman. Be the student. Just do what you were doing before, and then all of a sudden, God will help you be effective in that. You say, I'm not good at biology and I, I want to I get a career in nursing, but I'm at, a, I'm at a roadblock. I just can't pass it. The Spirit of God coming upon you, you will all of a sudden be able to grasp information that you couldn't grasp before because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Then verse number nine, I love this. And Saul turned to leave Samuel. God changed Saul's heart. I love that. And God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. Some of us need a that day. For some of us, this is going to be your that day. For some of us, you're going to put this date on the calendar and you're going to say, that was the day. That was the day that I went from plugging and unplugging and chasing around and thinking I can't be all of a sudden. As it were, I gave an invitation and the Holy Spirit became the power strip of my life. And I began to receive God's guidance and God's understanding and God's discernment and God's grace and God's enablement and God's encouragement. Everything I needed began to come available to me on that day. God wants to change your heart. You say you're not that way. God can change your heart. God can make you whole. God can take the tears out of your spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit has the ability to change us. For just a moment, for just a moment, let me talk to you. And I will throughout this month about the power of God. The power of God. The power of God. When I was a preteen or in my teenage years, I was an angry teenager. I can't tell you why I was upset and angry. I just knew if mom and dad said left, I wanted to go right. That probably doesn't make sense to many of you, but there was just something, a sense of defiance that, that I just was, whatever it was, kind of like the Bible says of, uh, of, of Saul in the New Testament, he was kicking against the pricks. Just, I just resisted. I mean, there's something about, if you said I couldn't, I just thought I'm going to do it and show you anyway. I can't explain to you why I was angry, why I was upset. You, uh, many of you don't know, and I'm, I'm really not proud of it, but in the fourth grade, I almost got expelled from school, and I told that to Denise recently. She said, I never knew that. I said, really? Yeah. She said, you never told me. I said, well, there's just things about me you're still learning, huh? And that's under the blood. I mean, I mean, I remember my dad telling me, if you don't change, you have all the makings of a juvenile delinquent. What happened to you? Did you get a counselor? No. Did, did, did all of a sudden something kick in? Did, did mom and dad give you new rules? No. I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit as a teenager. And God changed my heart. God changed my heart. The anger went away and God harnessed the anger and he turned it to ambition. And he uses it in the kingdom of God. And all the energy of anger is now a gold in ministry. And has fueled my vision from that day forward. God harnessed that. And I can literally tell you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God changed my heart. And I became a different person from that day forward. And God will do the same for you. God can bring enlightenment to you. 
God can bring a recharging in your spirit. Whatever you're needing from God, it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here in the text, I'm going to unpack over the next few weeks, I'm going to unpack six insights, and I'm only going to cover one today. I'm going to talk about one thought, but I'm going to share with you six over the next few weeks about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And the thing I want to share with you today that's important for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is the invitation to the Spirit. The invitation to the Spirit. It's found in verse number five uh, of our text that we read. I'm going to read that, that first line of the verse, and there is something in there I want you to see. It says, and uh, Samuel says to Saul, after you will go to, notice this phrase, Gibeah of God. After you go to Gibeah of God. What is significance about Gibeah of God? What is significance about, significant about it is Gibeah is the home of Saul. And if you would read elsewhere in the Bible, it's frequently called Gibeah of Saul. It's the place he lived. You often say, I'm going to go to my house. This is my job. This is my career. This is my business. This is my family. Saul did the same thing. This is, this is the place I live. It was called and referenced elsewhere in the Bible as Gibeah of Saul. But here, the Bible calls it Gibeah of God. In other words, here's what Saul said. He said, Saul said this to God, God, Mikasa Esukasa. <laughs> My house is your house. No longer was it just Saul's place. Here's what Saul said God, I give everything to you. It's no longer Gibeah of Saul, it's now going to become the Gibeah of God. And when you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, when you invite God to come in, when you say, God, it's your decision to make, it's not my decision. God, it's the pathway you want best for me that I will go. Whatever your will is, I want to go to the path of the career you have for me. It's not my job. God, I just punch a clock in the job you have given me. It's your job. It's your business. You've given me the strength. Everything I have is the Lord. It will become the Gibeah of God. And when you give God that quality, wholehearted invitation to say, God, Everything in my life is yours. Everything I have, everything I own is a channel for you to flow through. You can possess. And God, I will surrender everything to you. Then the Bible says that's an open invitation for you to know and see the power of God working in your life. For God to change and God to do the miraculous in your life. The power of God. I can remember... I was serving as a volunteer chaplain at University Hospital here in San Antonio. And they would ask pastors to come in and just volunteer time to be there in the emergency room. If there was a family emergency, if somebody came in and you could pray with the patient and you could pray and with the family as they came in. And the hardest uh, scheduled to fill was Friday night because most pastors and family members want to be home with their family. 
Well, I had volunteered and frequently did on Friday evenings. I was up there and in Friday evening at University Hospital, particularly if it's a payday, you're going to see gunshot wounds, stabbings. You're going to see everything. I have prayed with people that have been hit by trains, automobiles, gunshot wounds, uh, knife fire. I have, I have been there and prayed people who are strung out on drugs. I've, I prayed with people in handcuffs they brought. I prayed with all kinds of people. One night I was there. Friday night, and they brought into the hospital an 11-year-old girl who had been shot in a random drive-by shooting. She was not involved in any crime. She was on the porch with her family members, and a random drive-by shooting occurred, and the bullet, the projectile, hit her right in the forehead, and in the back of her head, in the back of her skull was the exit wound. They brought her into the hospital. I remember hearing the doctor saying, we have a little girl, a drive-by shooting, getting ready. In the moment, the doors opened, the EMS came in. Doctors just, as this, just flocked around her. Nurses were there. There were doctors with flashlight trying to see if there was movement in the pupil of the eye. They were taking vital signs. <clears throat> they were speaking to her. They were ordering x-rays. They were putting IVs in. There was just a, <coughs> there was just a, a, a crowd working around her trying to save her life. As the chaplain, I stepped out and I took the family into the family room aside. I stepped back to hear what the doctors were doing and realized the, the gravity of it, a, a drive-by shooting, a head wound, an entry wound. I remember them turning her head and I could see in the gurney as I was looking over, I could see the exit wound in the back of her skull. I took the family to the waiting room, the family room. That's the room you take people aside from the regular waiting room. That's the room that you're going to deliver the worst news to them so the family can have that private moment and waiting for that. And I took the family. I remember one lady came in and she was, uh, I don't know if she was an aunt or a grandma, who she was the moment she heard what had happened to this little girl. She just slumped back in the chair as it were fainting and her just, she lost all strength and began to sob uncontrollably, not knowing what to do. What do you do? What do you do when you're facing the worst experience of your life? You just have to call upon God. I'm talking to you about the power of God. I gathered the family, didn't know what else to do. We're just going to pray and we're going to call upon heaven. God, you've got to do something. God, we need you. God, we need you to do what no one else can do. I went back and spoke to the doctors and I would try to bring the family uh, a report and the family members coming were growing and growing. And finally, I was back there and I remember the doctor, he took an x-ray of her head. It was a profile. You could see her skull, the outline of her skull. And the doctor put it over there on the screen where they would read x-rays, that light, that white bright light was shining and they put the x-ray there and you could see the outline of her skull right there. And he said to the other doctors, we have an entry wound right here and pointed to her forehead. We have an exit wound right here and pointed to the back of her forehead. And then he told the doctors, but that bullet never entered her skull. There is no hole in that little girl's skull. There is no brain damage. I can't explain it. We see an entry wound. We see an exit wound. But that little girl's brain, that little girl's skull is intact. And I heard the doctor say, let's go in there and tell her she can go home tonight. They're free to take her home. There's nothing wrong with her. I walked in with the doctor. 
The doctor walked into the family room. He had the white coat on, the stethoscope around his neck. There were ink pens that were in the pocket. And he began to explain to the family. And here's what he said as I stood there. Your little girl is all right. She can go home. We have an entry wound that was right in the front. The bullet struck her. We can see an exit wound in the back of the skull where the bullet came out. But her skull was not damaged. There is no hole in her skull. There is no brain damage. And then here's what the doctor said said the only way I can describe it and explain it to you that bullet hit her skull and must have ricocheted and it traveled along the skull on the outside of her skull between her skull and the skin all the way to the back and it exit because that bullet never entered her skull never damaged her brain and she is free to go home now you can explain that any way you want but I can tell you there was a God in heaven that showed up and said that little girl has purpose and the devil's not going to take her life. I'm talking to you about the power of God and when you invite God into a moment, he steps in and he has the ability to do what no other person can do in your life. The invitation of God. People sometimes come up to Denise and I's house and they knock on the door and there's different levels of openness. I open the door and I hold the door knob. Yes, yes, no, we're not interested. And close the door. Somebody else to knock on the door. And I open the door. We have a little dialogue. Oh, well, come on in. And they come on in. Some people knock on the door. Open the door. They don't wait for me to invite them. They just walk on in. Yes, they're welcome to do that. Other people... Other people, they walk in, we open the door. Not only do they just enter our house, they have the highest level of permission. They're the closest friends. It's called refrigerator rights in American culture. You know what I'm talking about? They can walk in the house. They can go right in your kitchen without your permission. They can open the refrigerator and get anything they want. Those are the people they know that is their casa too. That's their home because they have refrigerator rights. We have a life group. In fact, our life group meets today. Our life group will come. Some will uh, ring the doorbell. Some will just walk on in, come in, and we just, they're like family to us. They just come in. We laugh. We'll have a good time. I remember one time uh, we normally were having our life group, but that particular month we had to schedule because of something in the schedule. I, I can't recall the details, but we weren't having life group that particular night. Denise and I were sitting there and evidently one family did not get the message that life group had been moved. We're sitting in the living room, sitting on the couch, and then all of a sudden the door just opens up and these people walk in carrying food. And all I can say is, thank God we were dressed. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I just, there's some parts of me I don't want church members to see. I mean, thank God we were fully dressed. That's a hallelujah. And they came in and they just stopped all of a sudden carrying food. I said, is life group tonight? No, life group is next week. Oh, we have it wrong. So they turned and said, no, you can leave those enchiladas here. Those enchiladas stay at our house. Can I tell you, there are levels of openness to God. There are levels of openness to God. You've opened a door. Yes, King Saul was anointed king, but there was another level of openness. He is saying, Holy Spirit, now this is your place. I will live in the Gibeah of God. God, you own this place. Three levels of openness that I can see in Scripture.
one level is salvation is when you invite Jesus into your life that's a level of openness yes you say Jesus just come into my life Jesus save me Jesus change me and that's an invitation to Jesus and that openness frees you from the penalty of sin the penalty of sin for you see the wages of death sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. And the moment you open your heart up to Jesus, he removes the penalty of sin in your life. But there is another openness. This is what I'll call discipleship openness. It's openness to the word of God. It's saying, God, whatever you say, I will follow. God, if it says to forgive, I must forgive. I may not want to, but I will. It's openness to the word of God. God, if it says to be honest and speak the truth, I will do that. It's whatever, the, it's whatever God says. We will follow God's word. God, your word says tithe. I'm going to honor you with the tithe. Yes, we live in a day where the church has gone vegan. Nobody wants the meat of the word anymore. And I'll tell you, there is a discipleship of knowing the word of God. And the openness to the word of God frees us from the practices, or I'll say habits of sin. Jesus frees us from the penalty of sin. The Word of God frees us from the practices or the habits of sin. But there's another level of openness. Yes. If you see, you can know what the Scripture says and still struggle. You can know it's the wrong thing to do and you still succumb to it, still lose your temper, you still give in to it. You, st you still let your old way, your old disposition control you. You, you say, I, I, I want to change so bad. I, I want to be a different person, but I just can't do it. I just, I can't make that happen. I just, I'm struggling. I know it's the right thing or I know it's the wrong thing, but how do I do it? It's the Holy Spirit, openness to him. And it frees us from the power of sin. No longer no longer does sin reign and have power in our life because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you powerfully, you're changed into a different person and God alters your heart. God changes who you are and I'm going to invite you. I'm going to summon you to open the door, to give the Holy Spirit an invitation into your life in a way not just jesus and jesus frees us once salvation is in jesus and jesus only yes the word of god is important it frees me from the habits or the practices of sin but the holy spirit frees us from the power of sin because when he comes upon us we get receive empowerment and i'm gonna invite you to do that today so would you stand together with me? Put your electronic device down, your Bible down, and we're going to go into a prayer moment. So across the auditorium, balcony, and main floor, I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes right now and just begin to, in your own way, in your own heart, say, Holy Spirit, I need you. He, if you please, with no disrespect the Holy Spirit is the power strip in your life he distributes to us what we need 
And some of us need enlightenment. Some of us, we need to be changed into a new person. We follow the same old patterns over and over again. We want to do better. We truly want to be a different person. But we haven't ever been able to break that cycle. What you need is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes in when you invite him. And you're saying, it's no longer my decision, God. It's no longer my life, God. It's not my career, God. It's not my way, God. It's not my preference, God. This is now going to be the Gibeah of God. God, you're in charge. You're the Lord. So across this auditorium, I believe God is identifying areas. Let me ask are there people today that you need to make a commitment to Jesus? The first level of openness is making Jesus Savior. You've never done that. You've never really said, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, become my Savior and Lord. And if that's you, you've never opened your life up to Jesus, what we call salvation at Westover. We call it making new. I'm going to invite you right now to just to raise your hand and say, that's me, and I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Somebody else. I need Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, young man. God bless you. Someone else. Yes. Yeah, I need Jesus. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to open up my life to Jesus. That's, that's where it all begins. I'm going to ask the prayer team to move forward right now. Somebody else, I, I need to open up my life to Jesus. I didn't raise my hand, but I need to. And I want to. I need to open my life to Jesus. Is that you? If you raised your hand, if you raised your hand, I'm going to invite you to step forward right now. Just And we have a prayer team person going to pray with you. We're going to personalize it. Here it is. You raised your hand. You come forward in the balcony. I have prayer team people already positioned. You've raised your hand, just step over right in the aisle. Somebody's going to pray with you right now. You raised your hand. You come forward. We're going to pray with you. This is your moment. This is the moment which we say, Jesus, I'm opening up my life to you. Come now. Come now, and we're going to pray with you. Prayer team persons are positioned to pray with you. The rest of us rest of us. The Holy Spirit is dealing and speaking in your life. Let's pray. God, I bring this wonderful group of people to you, Christ followers. They love the Lord. But we have lived our entire spiritual experience unplugging and plugging in, bouncing around from podcast to church to here to there always thinking, God, there's something wrong with us or, or God, that we just are missing something in our life that we never realized. The Holy Spirit is the power strip. And if we invite God's Holy Spirit into our life, He, He distributes everything we need through Him. And the power of the Holy Spirit can change us into new persons. There are men that are saying right now, God, I want to be a different kind of a parent. They're parenting the way they were raised and they didn't respond to it and neither are their children. 
but it's the only thing they know. They, they pay bills, they work hard, but they just, they're not the parent they want to be and could be. The power of the Holy Spirit can change our hearts. The power of the Holy Spirit can, can heal the breach and the distrust in a home. The power of the Holy Spirit can help us. We can, we can go down the path of that career or that or that major that we think we can't succeed at, we can through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there are people right now that have said, God, I can't become that. I don't know what it means to do that. They're trying it in themselves. But right now they're saying, they're giving that invitation. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, work in my life. Holy Spirit, I give that invitation to you. And may they become, may they now live in the Gibeah of God. May they say that God is now the ruler of their home, their heart, their life, their career, their family. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. I'm going to ask those who are in the altar to continue to pray and just seek the Lord. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. You're dismissed.